there is a film that the Salvation Army shows when they are training people to be pastoral care leaders. And the movie that they show, there's an extended scene of why people do what they do as volunteers and how meaningful it is to them. They talked about the Salvation Army unit in New York City that served after 9-11. And the, the people that were serving, the firefighters and the police officers and all of the first responders, said the most meaningful thing for them to do was at the end of the day or the end of the shift when the firefighters or the first responders would come in would be for the volunteer to remove their shoes and their socks and to wash their feet and then coat them in Vaseline or some kind of other emollient to put socks back on them and a fresh pair of shoes so that they could leave for the day. I couldn't imagine doing that kind of work. I couldn't imagine standing in front of or kneeling in front of someone who has been so brave and so selfless in ministering to others on the pile, as it was called. It's a story that I often remember because the people that are telling the story are so humble. There's no fanfare or rah-rah. It's just a simple statement of faith and serving others without the cost of what it meant to them. Salvation Army volunteers travel across the country to serve others, just as we have served others, and we still continue to serve others. Tonight on Maundy Thursday, of course, we recall Jesus' servanthood to his disciples. And in the painting on the cover of the bulletin by Ford Maddox Brown, it's an interesting structure. I love Peter's face. He really does not want Jesus to wash his face. It's, he is just grimacing and almost growling at Jesus as Jesus takes his foot and Jesus is holding it, not just gently, but he has a strong grip on Peter's foot because he knows that Peter does not want to have Jesus wash his feet, but insists that this is what is important. Because if you don't see me, Peter, serving you, how will you be able to turn around and serve others? I am the example for you. In the background, we have a man who is Judas slipping off his sandal, and we know it's Judas by the little bag of silver that's on the table. So even in the midst of this selfless act of Jesus, there are people that are waiting to betray him. They can't wait. The Pharise I imagine the, the authorities standing outside the door, listening in, wondering what is going on. And when they gathered that night, there was a different atmosphere in that upper room. There was a, a certain amount of tension, and the air seemed to crackle 
with that. They knew something was going to happen, the disciples, but they just didn't know what it would be. And of course, Judas goes out and betrays him, but in John's gospel, Jesus is always in charge. Jesus always knows. He says, Judas, you do what you have to do. He is a model of calm in the midst of the storm. They're arguing about who's, who is greater. The beloved disciple is reclining on Jesus' chest. And Peter is understandably envious of that. Because that's showing favoritism. And Peter wants to be Jesus' favorite. So he's always wondering, what, what, he, what is he saying to you? I, hear, I can imagine him sort of wandering by and sort of leaning in so he can hear what Jesus is saying to the beloved disciple. And we know what is going to happen on this evening. We know that they will come and take Jesus away, that Judas will betray him with a kiss in the garden. And in that moment, everything changes. In that moment, events seem to take on a life of their own. And no one, not even Jesus, can control it. On Maundy Thursday, we are given a mandate to serve others. That's what Maundy means. We don't often think about serving others on Maundy Thursday. We become so focused on the crucifixion on Good Friday that we forget about Maundy Thursday and that Jesus was teaching his disciples up until the very end. He loved them till the end. And he was willing to not worry about himself or worry about what was going to happen to him. He was so fixated on showing the disciples and demonstrating what true love means. And it's not the hearts and flowers kind of love. It's the kind of love where you take off someone's shoes and socks and wash their feet. We don't do foot washing here. Most people find it uncomfortable. I will say that I am one of them. But when, Pete, when I think about what I am called to do as a follower of Jesus, foot washing, while important, is an act. It's what the action I take outside this church and that you take outside the church means something. I could wash everyone's feet here and not be changed. You could have me wash your feet and not be changed. How we are changed is what we choose to do with what we have learned tonight. You call me teacher and rabbi, and that is good. But tonight I ask you to call me friends. And in that moment, the power struggle that they are, the power differential that they have had for three years disappears because they are no longer Jesus' disciples. They are Jesus' friends. And they are going to be called upon to carry out his ministry for years to come. We need friends. 
We need people that we can rely on. We need the friend that we can call in the middle of the night and say, I can't sleep, I need to talk to someone. We need the friend that's always going to be there for us when we're sick or we have a flat tire, the person we count on. But we also need to have the friend that we find in Jesus, the one who will listen to us forever, the one who never gets tired of hearing our problems and our concerns, the one who's happy when we're happy, who rejoices when we have good news. Jesus is the true example of friendship. And as I've said, friendship is more than just washing feet. It's one important piece, but that's only half the story. The other story is, half of the story, is that he is the one we call on when we need him the most. And he is always ready to listen, to comfort, and to heal. Amen.